0: Palsy, welcome back. <laughs>
1: Thanks, Josh. Thank you.
0: Well, I guess this is a um, this is more of a reciprocal podcast. This episode, it's not only um, about one person or the other, but um, it's always good to chat. It's always good to chat to a like-minded uh, biohacker and South African <laughs> for a change.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: um. So, I thought I would start with your own podcast that you have just started because obviously a lot's happened since we last spoke. Um, and speaking of. For those that don't know, our last conversation was very interesting. We <laughs> dived into bio individuality, uh, psychedelics, psychedelic-assisted <laughs> therapy, and I suppose the integration of many different healing modalities that, that I think we're both very interested in. I mean, I think mm. we 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 take a more holistic approach to healing uh, instead of just assuming that it's you know one size fits all or it's just all about diet or or things like that. But it was a very interesting conversation. I I implore anybody to go listen to it. It really is. But it's really been interesting watching you grow as a creator yourself now. And I know we've spoken in the past about you doing your podcast. So it's so cool to see it actually coming to fruition. Um, what, What was the motivation behind you finally stepping in and doing it? And I would love to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah, it's been a huge dream in the manifestation lane. So I'm super, super, like I still have to pinch myself really. (laughs) I think the biggest impetus is that I graduated at the end of 2021. So the fact that I was no longer a full-time student and I had time to make this dream come true, I think was a huge factor, obviously in play. But, um, you know, I did spend many, many, many months just fantasizing about it and idealizing about it. And, you know, one can do that. I think for anything in life and it's very easy to get stuck there and just like, just only thinking about it and not actually doing it. So it took me quite a few months, uh, I suppose about five months, to be honest, since 2022 started from like having the actual time and space to do it, but actually then getting it off the ground. Um, there was quite a few, uh, weeks of like, just, uh, just like, as I say, like idealizing it and just having it all in in, on paper. And then I remember you came to Cape Town and we met up. And I think it was around about that time where I don't know, it was just something so simple that you said and like a few other people but like really at the end of the day it came to be like just the fact that I just have to do it like I just have to start like you can't just be expect like you can't just wait for like the right time because I mean the right time will never come you never know when that time is going to come so eventually you have to be stoic enough to be able to be like I'm just going to do it and it was three days before my birthday in May and I was like no no no, no. I need to before I turn 26 I want to have a podcast started so I suppose it all just happened. But I think what really did help is that, you know, throughout the periods of thinking about it and, you know, really honing in on the clarity of what I wanted to speak about and what I wanted the co- like the podcast to be, that definitely helped the, you know, almost organic birth of my of my podcast. I think, I mean, starting anything new, any goal, you have to have clarity in what you want. So yeah. Mm. Um The podcast is called The Human Theatre, and it's a very synchronistic uh, name for just, you know, bridging my love and passion for the performing arts, for music, singing, acting, dancing and the theatre, because, I mean, the theatre is such a powerful Um, tool to use to create change and to create conversation which is very much in line with the whole biohacking mindset and you know just stoic approach in life is to constantly interrogate and constantly ask and constantly create things and you know creativity is also I I would say it's a pillar of health for longevity Um, so yeah it's it's really a platform where I get to uh, just like completely play with all of my passions from nutrition to biohacking to health and wellness to exercise to fitness but also to theater and music and creativity and I have a whole lot of um, guests lined up and like I've got over 100 episodes planned out and it's really all under the realm of optimizing being a human in this world that's why it's called the human theater and it's a very cool play on, you know, like Shakespeare, all the world to stage and all the men and women merely players. So yeah, I'm excited for it. It's going to be, it's my little baby at the moment. So yeah. And it's really just a very creative free flow sort of organic space. And yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: Nice. Um, so, I mean, you, you mentioned biohacking, I want to touch on that, but before I do uh, this sort of, a journey that you've been on and with the podcast, it's, it's been really cool to witness and what's so far, what has been the, what's been your favorite episode or what's been the one sort of episode that stands out for you at the moment? I don't, I don't actually know how many you have at the moment, but is there one that you've sort of pinned down and been like, okay, cool. Like that's, that's sort of getting to the re- like r- real sense of, of who I am as a creator and stuff like that is, is there a specific one?
1: not yet but I mean I have four episodes so it's still very new but the last two have been a part one and two series of what my anorexia needed to know um obviously my journey is also a huge reason why I am like a mental health advocate as well and it was through my own journey of healing myself where I came into the whole biohacking space um so yeah I I would say you know to be honest like Maybe episode two, which is titled, It Doesn't Have to Be So Hard. I think that's a lesson for a lot of people. And I mean, growing up with a whole lot of mental health issues, just perceiving the world as hard and scary and fearful and coming to a point in this whole journey where I was like, I actually do have the ability to take control of this and take complete ownership of my life and turn it around. I think that was so empowering. And I think it's even more reason why I wanted to create this podcast, because I can't not speak about these things that Mm -hmm. have completely like revolutionized my, my life entirely. So, you know.
0: That's a really interesting point. I feel 110% the same way. Like I can't not speak about it. It's, When I don't speak about the things that I'm absurdly passionate about and things that I feel like I'm withering inside. I feel like I'm slowly perishing. It's kind of like when you're at a bar with friends and you just it's like you're thinking about you are you're on a different frequency because you're thinking about this might be a weird example. I don't know where it's going, but it <laughs> happened to me before where I'm thinking about a totally different things to the company that I want. And it, it's, it's not like, it's not like I am doing it on purpose. It's just my natural inclination to think that way. And mm-hmm. I couldn't agree with you more. It is, you can't not speak about it. And, that's an, a really important point I think yeah. I think it's well, so and it's part crucial. of your expression yeah it's
1: part of your expression like and how you identify and how you express yourself it's just as mm. like you know choosing to wear a green jersey today for me for example <laughs> it's like it's so innately bred in your inner truth and like to be able to speak and express yourself and I think that's why this that's why community is also another pillar of health is when you are connected with like-minded people I mean they've like apparently there's like new research showing your brain like when you're conversed in a conversation with someone especially a like-minded person your brain waves actually begin to like I don't know how I don't know how to word this appropriately but like you're basically your brain waves are like almost becoming a mutual sort of like fluctuation of like rhythms or something crazy like that Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it makes sense totally makes sense and like with you and I wanted to ask like you know I think you actually were the one who who said to me Kelsey it's like stop thinking about the Cause you know, like starting a podcast is not just a simple thing. It's just uploading a video to YouTube, right? Like you can't just, for example, like you can't just upload a song to Apple music. Like Mm. it has to go through a process. And I remember like asking you so many questions you're like, Kelsey, stop. Like that is the least of your worries. Like what is more important is having a clear like concept of like, what is your message and what do you want to say? And I think, I think it would be useful for you to like share, I don't know, either your own, like what you want to say, like, or what you actually what you told me like just for other people who are maybe thinking about mm. expressing their, their selves through social media online
0: yeah i i think i think i've worked very closely with um some very interesting people over the past year and a half uh, specifically in the brand brand realm um not so much advertising but more the more the brand and specifically like the brand personalities and like t- taking a very archetypal view on branding and I, and that led me into interesting books and things like that and specifically it's you you sort of telling a story and you want your story to be proliferated into every single piece of content you put out at the end of the day that's what that's the biggest lesson I've learned over the past year and a half it's not just about randomly speaking about everything that comes to the top of your mind, which it it could be the case. You could link it back, but it's always about the link back. It's always about the link back to your story is how, what story are you telling? How, how is it helping people survive or thrive? Especially, especially in our industry. Those are the two things. Is it helping people survive? Is it helping people thrive? If it's Mm -hmm. answering those questions, you are doing more than you think you are. Mm -hmm. And for me, what I've, I I think we we briefly spoke about before we jumped on the podcast, like uh, we were just outlining a bit, but I've been on a weird journey uh, with my content because I I, I haven't been as consistent as I would like to be. And now I finally feel like I'm finding my rhythm of of my message. And now I guess my message is, is this form of self empowerment. I like to think of it, but I like to think of it as awakening your inner shaman. Like we all have this inner guide in Mm -hmm. us that knows the way and when you listen to your inner guide it knows the answer and we especially in the social media driven sort of life that we're living in we we tend to latch on to instagram influencers and gurus and health experts and things and i've been doing that my whole entire life when i was overweight and it never ever worked i've been listening to people that are naturally aesthetic and naturally gifted. And it, the point is, is that I was seeking something outside of myself mm. for healing. And it almost, it almost never works. It, it really, yeah. it, it really doesn't like everything, believe it or not, everything is within you. And mm. within that, within that story that I'm telling this awaken in your inner shaman is I like to break it down into three simple concepts. So it's meat so eat meat and that's for your mind. (laughs) Um, It's move daily, that's for your body and it's be mindful always, and that's for your soul. Mm. So this meat movement mindfulness, this three tiered approach to healing for me is the trilogy that brings it all together. And I'm not selling you a product. I'm not selling people anything. I guess if I were to sell you something, I'm selling you self empowerment and I'm selling you a simplistic approach to healing because there there is a level of quantifiable obsessiveness, which I think we're going to get into, mm. That that is inherent within the communities that me and you are part of, whether it's biohacking, whether it's keto carnivore, there is just like this obsessiveness with certain things and ocd like tendencies, which I'm not saying is wrong. I think it's just a product of people's uh, traumas or, or whatever it is, it's not wrong. But the point is, is that when you listen to your inner guide, eh, you you know the way, you know the answer yeah. and you listen to it. And qu- like briefly, if I think back to my story of when I initially lost weight, all that, all those years ago uh, in 2014, I, I actually just kind of asked for help. I was in the state of like utter despair and I kind of asked for help, like literally New Year's Day, like looking out into the heavens, like I was asking for help. So I asked for help and I received help. And it wasn't because I, I was latching onto somebody. It, it was like this inner thing that just propelled me to do it. And it happened. It, it, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's It's kind of this interesting paradox there that You're asking for help, but the help is within you and Mm, it happens. I love that. I really love that. It's been such a
1: pertinent theme on my journey of recovery from anorexia as well, because a big myth for people with anorexia is people just think, are you just not hungry? Of course, we are hungry. Of course, you're starving. Like when you're actively restricting calories, you're aware that you're doing it. It's Mm -hmm. like this uncontrollable control, which Mm -hmm. if I'm going to write a book or a play, I'm going to call it uncontrollable control. And this is whatever date this is, I'm, if TM. you copy that, I, I know, <laughs> I know you <laughs> anyway. So like, like, I mean, of course I was aware. And that was part of the reason why I was even more anxious because I'm aware that I'm, there's a disjoint between what I'm genuinely authentically organically feeling inside and my behavior of restricting the food. And I think it was only until I was able to be brave enough to be honest with what I was really feeling inside and, and, You know, it's been a whole freaking journey, but like, I mean, even like, I think any drug addict, well, actually I can't speak for other people, but I'm saying, I think a lot of people are aware that what they're doing is not necessarily what is their inner truth. And that manifests in a whole array of addictions or sickness, physical and emotional and psychological. So yeah, that's been a very pertinent theme with me as well. And, you know, I must say like the more, all I can say is that like, you know, sort of coming on the other side, you know, now seeing the light of, you know, just with the recovery, the more that you honor that innate, your innate wisdom is what I call it. The more that you are in line with it and you are in line with who you actually are, this newfound sense of confidence just arises. I don't know if you've experienced that too, Mm. but like the Mm. more that you are authentic, the more that just everything almost, because you don't have to live in dichotomy anymore. So obviously there's like a release of anxiety completely. I felt liberated, you know? So yeah, I think, and it's like so simple. If you just think about it, it's so simple. Like you're in this body, like why why would you not be authentic? And that's why I keep, I always say like, we can learn so much from children and kids because they are naturally authentic, and I think people, I, I, I like, I'll definitely bring this up just if, you, like, you know, when we speak about the conference that I was uh, um, involved in, like, I, that I attended, but, like, people are attracted to authenticity. Like, I, I don't know. I find it very attractive when someone is authentic and just themselves. I think it takes, because, unfortunately, it takes a very strong person to be authentic today. Um, so I think it's just that sense of, I don't know. For me, the the definition of being an adult is someone who is just so okay and comfortable with with who they are.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I I love that. I think uh, it, you said it. Like I I love to think of it as you, the innate wisdom. Your your body has wisdom. You're mm-hmm. literally your body is is a breathing is a breathing mechanism of consciousness and the universe. It has wisdom within it and. When you honor that wisdom, healing takes place and literally. like literally yeah. a silly, silly example, What well, was not a silly example. The most rudimentary example for me is like your body's wisdom, when you eat ancestry aligned food, like a meat based diet, like when you eat meat, it is almost impossible to overeat ribos. I, I, I promise you, try it, you will get full, your body's wisdom will know when you're full. That's a rudimentary example, but you can extrapolate that out to anything, whether it's a, a thought, whether it's an addiction or something, there's something there that, that your body is trying to tell you something.
1: Mm.
0: Um, fine. Well, exactly. Exactly. Um. So we, we obviously touched on, on, on biohacking a bit, I would like to maybe shift gears a bit because you attended this biohacking conference in Helsinki
1: yes in Helsinki
0: nice nice um so i've got my thoughts on biohacking conferences
1: <laughs> me too <laughs> me i want to hear your
0: <laughs> i want to hear your thoughts because it looked like you had a lot of fun and mm. it looked like you learned a lot what what was it like what was the experience like maybe even run me through your travel your travel there we briefly spoke about your travel <laughs> and you asked me about what to eat and things like that yeah and i said to Kelsey Listen, I'm probably not the best example. I'm, 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 not your perfect biohacker when I travel. <laughs> so, yeah, you can tackle that question any any way. Which one you want to go?
1: Sure. Um, well, what I did realize is that, like, I mean, it's not that I haven't traveled before, but somehow. I think maybe it's because I'm more in tune with my body right now, but oh my goodness, the traveling on an airplane for so many hours deplete me. Like I I was exhausted. I was literally (laughs) exhausted. I was planning on like fasting for most of the trip, not all of it. I did pack food in my luggage, but especially when it was nighttime, because I don't usually, you know, in line with circadian health, I don't usually eat when it's like (laughs) 2am because I'm sleeping. So um, yeah, I... But as you also said, there was actually a point where I was like, I'm actually starving. Like I actually, there's no ways I'm going to handle this and then still have to travel on the public transport to get to my hotel and walk to my hotel like with a freaking 23 kilogram bag. Like that was just not going to happen. So in a way, I was so grateful for this because I, you know, coming just coming from the background that I have with the anorexia and stuff, I was so proud of myself to be able to just handle everything and just take it in my stride and eat whatever I got on my food. I did order the gluten-free meal. Um, it actually wasn't that bad. There was like omelets and mushrooms and tomatoes and things, it was, it was generally like I was, I was really impressed. Um, so I was proud of myself for that. And I ate at weird ass times of the day, but I was like in a space where firstly, emotionally, I was able to handle it. And also physiologically, I know that my, our bodies are resilient. Our bodies are incredible things. And my body is able to handle it. And I think it's also from, you know, the fact that I eat whole foods, generally, predominantly, mainly meat. Just I call it a species-appropriate diet. We evolved on meat and fats. Um, I think my body, I've done so much gut healing. And I was I didn't have any adverse reactions. And even at the conference, I ate whatever food was there. There was, like, a lot of, like, little like raw chocolate coated macadamia nuts and different things and it was delicious and I just let myself was like I also pretty much said you know when in Rome because I know Mm. that I'm going to look back on this I was even involved I went to there was like a dinner and that was like a six course like crazy it was unbelievable I've never tasted such amazing food but it wasn't only you know just meat like there was salads and there was fruits and different things and it was just honestly it was like amazing it was I was so proud of myself and my body didn't flare up. I didn't like get sick. I didn't, you know, it was just, yeah, basically I really needed that experience to be able to be like, I'm totally okay. I don't need to t- it doesn't have to be that hard. It doesn't have to be so, you know, one day that I didn't necessarily eat just whatever, like I'm not going it's not going to kill me. And my body's able to handle it. And also the foods that I was eating, there were all whole foods anyway. So yeah. So that was that. Um, the summit was incredible. Look, it was my first, also it was my first time traveling alone and it was like not a not an easy pill to swallow. Like I'm going to a freaking foreign country. Like I don't know anyone there. Literally don't know anyone there. And I mean, it was just even crazy that I'm going there and attending this because it's been like, I mean, attending these conferences has been like one of my biggest dreams as well. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it was weird. It was so weird, man. But anyway, <laughs> I found myself, it was just so cool. And I just, I think, also, again, I was, I almost was like thrown into the deep end completely, but I was able to just do it. And I, you know, mm. again, I, I was like, all I have in this situation right now is me. And again, that whole thing about like, people are attracted to authenticity. Like I just honestly could not be anyone else but me. And I think it was cool that I was like a complete foreigner. There was no worries of like, oh my God, what is this person going to think? Cause I was mm. just like, everyone is in the same boat, you know, mm. at a conference, everyone is pretty much an individual and I think that was quite an, ex- like quite, quite an eye-opening experience, but a great, like a challenge that I'm so grateful for, because again, when you're going to a conference like this, I mean, also this is my first conference period, like it not, doesn't even matter that it's a biohacking conference, but yeah, so I didn't really know what to expect. <laughs> but anyway, I, what I loved about it, it was there was this immediate sense of community and there was this immediate sense of welcoming. And I don't know if it was just particular to the country that I was in and like the type of people that were there. I don't know if this is at any other, I think you've you've been to some other conferences. I'd love to hear your opinion on them. Um, but anyway, this was, obviously in Europe, a European conference. And from a lot of the people there were also people who had been to like the one the weekend before, two weekends before in in the UK, which is a much bigger one. Mm -hmm. And I know like Ben Greenfield was there. And they were just saying how this one is a lot more small and intimate. And in a way, I was kind of grateful that that was like the first sort of conference experience that I was getting, because I'm definitely much more of an intimate sort of person. So yeah, I think just already I was just completely starstruck the fact that I was in, I was in Helsinki and I was like traveling alone and like already that was just enough to be like uh, I'm sorted, like I'm I'm okay right now, um, but yeah, I mean honestly, I think the fact that everyone was like I just yeah you just have to be yourself and I mm. met the most amazing people and I was also I think because I was like, my eyes were like so wide open. This is a completely new experience. Like every second of every day was new for me. I'd never been on this street before. So it was like <laughs> my senses were heightened. So I just think, yeah. every, I think I was just grateful. I was just walking around with a sense of gratitude. And that definitely made the experience just beautiful. I really, and I think the fact that there was like a lot of like-minded people for the most mm. part, for the most part, um, was cool. And I think it was, I, I've always been someone who loves speaking and getting to know people. So that was amazing for me. And I made wonderful friends. And I, like, I mean, I'm voice noting with people like every day now, like <laughs> it's so cool. It's it's such a great experience to network as well. Mm. And um, also something that I'd never done before. So I had to use all my theatrical experience and all my theatrical training to be like, no, you can't be shy now. You just got to say hi. And yeah. So in that way, that was, that was cool. And there were some amazing technologies and amazing different like you know, exhibitors there that I also got to speak with. Cause it was, it was nice and small. I think mm. a lot of the big biohacking conferences also what I've heard are like almost like shopping malls. Like apparently it's like, there's so many things it's like impossible to get through everything, but I, mm. it was over two days and I got through everything and I spoke with everyone and I got their business cards. Who and- was who the
0: most, who is the most interesting person that you, that you think you spoke, you spoke to?
1: Jeez, there were so many. Maybe but not to on the spot. <laughs> I'll say that one of the most interesting technologies was something called the Aerofit. And it's this little breathing device. And mm-hmm. essentially it's linked to an app on your phone. Mm-hmm. And you it goes through different, it's got like different resistances, and basically it's a whole lot of different exercises depending on what you're optimizing for to strengthen your lung capacity and like diaphragmatic breathing and everything. And I mean, it's amazing for people with COVID and pneumonia and everything, but also it's amazing for singers, like for mm. example, because mm. it's just training your, in fact, its developer, he was a classically trained opera singer himself. And I mean, we know the importance of breathing mm. and like how the breath is just the most simple biohack to yeah. just hack your life completely. And Have it's you... like free.
0: Have you ever done like any breath work specifically? Were you doing breath work there or is it like a, it's just training your diaphragm, but is it, I guess is a two part question. Have you done breath work before? Like any structured breath work? I have. Okay. And yeah. What are your especially thoughts?
1: with my yoga. Um, it's a very, very powerful tool. However, mm. however, with the monkey mind, sometimes it can, it's, it's difficult to just, it's like, it's mm-hmm. similar to meditation. It's difficult to just sit down and be still. I find mm-hmm. I'm such a, I'm like a person who needs to be like doing something, but um, there is, there are so, there's so much research in the scientific literature of like just for panic attacks and just for anxiety alone and mm. to help sleep as well. Just the importance of it, like just even strength, like lengthening your exhale compared to your yeah. inhale, because that yeah. will immediately put you into the parasympathetic state, which is huge. Yeah. So yeah. breathing is powerful. And I found like in my whole recovery journey, the more that I'm, I have to be in a relaxed space to do it. Otherwise my breath naturally is very much shallow. Mm -hmm. And look also in my theatrical training, we have to do, we've done a lot of breath and vocal training as well, which definitely helps. Like Mm -hmm. you can notice the difference when you're diaphragmatically fit and not, and like there are different ways to breathe and there are different ways to project. So I was just, I've been very grateful for all the training that I have gone through. And obviously with my yoga training as well, there are a lot of, different pranayama ex- um, exercises that are very profound. I think mm-hmm. the breath is something because it's so linked with your psychological states and even your singing voice. Like I know, like with my singing training, if I was in a bad space, it was very, very sore for me to sing. So it's so linked to your, your inner state, which mm. is powerful. I think it's so powerful and it just shows how powerful the breath can be. And it's free. Yeah. It's totally free.
0: Yeah, and yeah. it's definitely, for me, uh, well, I, sorry, I kind of took you off track there because you no were worries. getting going with many things, but it, it, it's it's, good. it's so interesting how the breath, uh, like I was such a skeptic until I started actually training it and and allowing the breath to, again, unlock this innate wisdom mm-hmm. in my body. And the, the the weird thing is it's the, the, the counterintuitive, like, paradoxical nature of it is when you when you stressed and anxious you kind of want to hold your breath yeah <laughs> even though you don't feel like doing it that's what you want to do you know Or
1: hyperventilate.
0: yeah yeah and and that doesn't make sense when you think about it but when you do it it's like okay i, I see i see the i see the mm. wisdom there and i see what it's doing so it's very it's very interesting
1: yeah i mean in fact we had because obviously there were also speakers and ma- amazing mm. speakers and like people i've been following for so long and i was like totally fangirling I was like (laughs) I got photos of them all I was so excited but um like for example Lee Irwin he was there like a woman of instructor he's incredible Mm -hmm. and there was another guy Yanni and then another guy Casper and they I mean well Casper and Lee predominantly they spoke a lot about the breath just because that's a huge part of their their journeys and um I don't even know where I was going with this oh um for example Lee was speaking about breath holding And you know how, and Casper was also sort of touching on this, but like, basically like breathing less is actually living more Mm. in a way. And I can't explain the science behind it all, but it was just a very, and like Casper led us through a whole, almost like breathing practice in his speak. And he, we were um, focusing on holding the breath, like basically the pause between the inhale and the exhale. Like um, you know, like you know, box breathing sort mm-hmm. of. There's always mm-hmm. a pause, and mm-hmm. for me, that's a very, very beautiful metaphor for like the pause between being responsive and reactive. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, like at we like we are literally a breath away from being proactive and like, or versus reactive in our lives. And that's something that is super hard to get on top of. Mm-hmm. Like in times, you know, you just find that you're just acting out of impulse and stuff. But
0: yeah,
1: to be able to be so in control and know that you can just just with your breath alone, change, like the way you respond to your different, you know, whatever is happening in your life is so empowering. Yeah. And like, as Yanni spoke about in his, he took us on a whole sound journey, which was unbelievable. But he said, the most important instrument is you. And I think that was so powerful for me because, you know, with this, in the whole biohacking space, like I've always been a bit of a critique because like, I look at health through an ancestral lens Mm. and like our ancestors would not be bombarding themselves with supplements and these crazy little, these things. Although yes, to be honest, we are living in a modern world and like our soil is completely depleted of nutrients and things. So yes, like I get that. And it's all should be about like balancing it all. But I mean, for example, coming from South Africa, like, There's no ways people can afford like this whatever all these crazy supplements and technologies and like even then i don't know to be honest like right now i don't know the average person i don't think they'll be able to afford and like it's all very well that they that they exist but like i am all about empowering the individual to be like what go to the basics like Mm. what do we have within ourselves that innate wisdom we have the innate ability to heal ourselves with whatever Mm. and for me that's been like one of my biggest things about You know, all of these new crazy technologies and all of these things, when in actual fact, you can maybe just use your breath. Yeah. Or you can just go for a walk outside in the morning for the sunlight, or you can choose to just eat whole foods that are natural mm. to the environment that you live in. And, you know, you can go for a swim in the ocean and like, it doesn't have to be this hard. It doesn't have to be so expensive. It doesn't mm. have to be, you don't have to, it's very similar to like following all the fats. Like you don't have to just get the newest technology. You don't have to get the newest supplement. So that's been a, I did go into the summit with that already, but like when Yanni said, like the most important instrument is you, I think mm. I was like, yes say that louder like say that for other people because it's very easy to get caught up in the new technology the new craze the new machine the new supplement but it's like don't you want your body to be able to do it like Mm. i guess that for me is the most rewarding and like the most powerful thing
0: it it did i fully agree and it did seem like it seemed like a very well integrated conference from Mm. from a social media outside perspective following you and stuff like that because as, as you said, in 2017, I went to the Bulletproof Biohacking Conference in California. I was in
1: ex- exactly
0: the same position, <laughs> just just like completely perplexed. But at the same time, it opened my eyes because I don't know if it was because it was in LA and it was in California. And
1: maybe <laughs>
0: but to me, it was like all these insanely rich dudes just virtue signaling and just showing who can afford them, who can afford yeah. the most technology like I was, I was like, Oh gosh, like, this is nice, but I feel like I'm speaking to a bunch of like, you know, virtue signaling, signaling robots here. And, and I met some people that I'd been following on Instagram with like hundreds and thousands of followers. And I was like, wow. And then I sort of met them and I was like, okay. Uh, interesting. Like I feel like you are not the same person that I've been following on, wow. on Instagram. Do you know what I'm saying? That's sort of, nah. so maybe I, it seems like your experience is very different. It seems like your experience is a lot more authentic, a lot more intimate. I think maybe the bulletproof conference back then was attracting a certain crowd. Who knows? But that was my experience. Mm. But that was, even though I was I was quite young. That was in 2017. So about five years, four years ago, five years ago, I learned a lot because I was happy because I didn't get sucked in. Uh, my my authentic, my authenticity and my authentic nature was kind of like learn from this like what what is there behind this like you there's something there and i think there's something is manifesting itself now which is like exactly as you said you don't you kind of don't need all of this crazy shit. Mm. it's cool as like a as a supplement like i live in europe now and i've got a red light therapy thingy i bought that but that was a lot that was like a very deliberate purchase because I'm literally not exposing myself to the sun yeah, as much as I'd be in South to, Africa. Yeah. But for the most part, it's like breathing, eating meat, being mindful, moving, all of these things are just completely within your control. You don't need to mm. buy any technology to do it.
1: Mm.
0: So I find that very interesting. Minimum effective e- dose. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that
1: was actually a theme, you know, I think mm. the conference is really good. I think there was there has been an amazing movement, especially within females in the space. Um, In fact, two females I met are actually going to start a women's sort of biohacking retreat. I think it's actually happening in Amsterdam in October. Um, But there has been a lot of talk, you know, like the biohacking space has been very much a masculine energy, like just even not, not necessarily just men, but like there's a masculine energy of like constantly analyzing and collecting data and like different regimes and everything. And I think there has been a lot of push to balance that out with more feminine Mm -hmm. you know like with the breath and with sitting with yourself and being you know not so stressed not so always in the sympathetic state because as much as we want to always just do 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 we have to balance it out with being in a parasympathetic state and you know there were a few speakers that did touch on that like for example Dr. Ali he was speaking about um uh, so many things, but like, basically he was like, for example, he used to be someone who used to like do hit every single day and, or like heavy lifting, but he realized like right now he maybe does hit twice a week at maximum. And maybe he does two to three sessions of lifting weights and the rest of the time he's walking. And like, mm-hmm. for example, some in his talk, I was expecting Sim to be speaking about like, you know, resistance training. Cause I mean, that's a big part of like also what he speaks about, but not once did he mention that he was like walking, is so good like also to stimulate the nad pathways and the ampk thing but like on that as well i personally was a little bit disappointed in that no one spoke about the importance of building muscle and bone mass for 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 as we age because we know that for example muscle is the organ of longevity mm-hmm. and in my personal opinion and a lot of other people's like muscle and bone mass because sarcopenia is inevitable for all of us we are all going to lose our bone and muscle mass as we age and, you know, we want to build up this, this muscle mass. And I think the reason for that is the fact that I think mTOR is still a fearful thing in the, in the biohacking space. Um,
0: and what, just so somebody who doesn't really know just a very layman's term. What, what is, what does that do It's
1: so we have to, it's basically an anabolic pathway. So mm. when mTOR is stimulated, the body is in an like insulin is, uh, holding on to calories and like basically you're building muscle in that state or you're storing fat. And then mm. the antithesis of MTOR is AMPK, the AMPK pathway. And that's why ketogenesis is um sort of uh, uh a sort of method of uh preserving mimicking that m- yeah, preserving
0: yeah. muscle mass basically. But it, so is that is that linked to now sorry, is that linked to is there still that whole talk about too much protein. Yes, that's in, what I was getting. Is, is, is okay. So Karen, yeah. 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 So yeah.
1: basically, uh, protein and also sugar and carbohydrates increase stimulate the mTOR pathway. As opposed to when you're in a fast state, your your the AMPK pathway is is stimulated. That's why metformin is considered a sort of longevity drug for because it, metformin is taken to you know mitigate the whole insulin spike and the whole anabolic uh thing that's why you know for a lot of diabetics mm. type 2 diabetics as well if they're going to have like a piece of carrot cake or something like they have to obviously take their metformin and in fact people in the biohacking space a lot of people have been known to take metformin and use it as a way of decreasing the whole the increase in glucose so what was i getting to
0: <laughs> protein <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. so yes. so
1: protein for example this is why like also in the bodybuilding space a lot of bodybuilders say that we we need to eat more as much protein as possible and to stimulate the mTOR pathway, because as I say, it's an anabolic pathway as opposed to a catabolic pathway. So there is a fear in the biohacking space. Just if you're looking at longevity, there have been studies where, you know, calorie restriction is more conducive to extending your lifespan as opposed to being in a constantly over or fed state when mTOR is activated. But there is nuance to that because, we need to balance it all out. You can't just live in caloric restriction and be cold and be irritated and libido-less for the rest of your life. Like that's also not necessary. Like, yes, you may, maybe, we don't know. There's only studies in in mice at the moment or rats, whatever. We don't know if you're going to live longer if you're constantly in a state of caloric restriction. Um, but there's also your health span to take into consideration. Like mm-hmm. how do you want to live? Do you want to live cold and libido-less for the rest of your life? Or do you want to also be able to pick up your grandchildren and throw in like, you know, crawl on the floor with them? So there's a give and take with everything. And I personally at the moment, just given all the knowledge I've learned with muscle and bone mass, and I mean, equally in my recovery with anorexia, like as much as I do want to live long, I also want to be able to live long in health mm. and in strength. Mm. So I think it also depends on what you want, but there is definitely still this narrative of the fear of mTOR and for me and I know Paul Saladino is very good at explaining this but basically you know mTOR like you need to be in periods of mTOR and AMPK that's where something like time-restricted feeding does sort of lend its hand or like if you want to think about it like yeah I would say time-restricted feeding is less harsh than something like extended fasting, for Mm. example, but you need to Mm. be in feast and famine periods. And that's, that highlights exactly how our ancestors lived as well. They were Mm. in times of, they were feasting and then they were in times when they were fasting and yeah. So there is a fear of mTOR. and I think that's probably why not a lot of people are speaking about the importance of Mm. eating protein to help build your bone and muscle mass. Mm. So I was, you know, because biohacking is technically all, all in, in the line of wanting to live longer, I was, you know, there's, there's something, you know, lifespan and health span are different, but they should both mm. be considered.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's, that's hundred percent spot on. And let's not forget we, we are living in, the realities are we, I'm very much an ancestrally aligned person and, and I love everything about going back to Jeez, if it was up to me, I'd go just fucking live on a farm in a forest with my <laughs> shoes off and never speak to anybody ever again and just hunt animals all day long, yeah. sun my balls and stuff like that. <laughs> but I have to, we have to live, we have to live the, the life we're given at the moment. Yeah. And when you find, my personal opinion is like, if I was coming from somebody who has intermittent and fasted so much in the past and just to, the, to a certain extent where I definitely think I did damage to my thyroid and Mm. hormones and things like that, because it was so easy. It's like, it's such an easy for somebody who's obsessed with, like myself, who was obsessed with food. It gave me the illusion of, of repeating a binge eat every day, Mm. almost. It was like, Oh, when your time comes, you can just go ham on the food. And yeah, it, it, I kind of think with the modern day stresses we all experience, Th- that's just sometimes not healthy yet, because our ancestors. If you look at the the Hunter tribe, like when Paul Salino and them went, yeah, they hunt animals, but the rest of the day they sit around and like you know pick their noses and laugh yeah. and make music, things like that. We, after we've eaten, we jump onto a Zoom meeting, we go into traffic, we are thinking about our traumas, we're thinking about all of these things that we're thinking up- about the next meal. <laughs> yeah, we it's all taking up. Mental, Mental energy. This yeah. huge fucking brain of ours requires so much energy. Uh, I just don't think people realize how much energy it requires. And again, it, I'm just linking it back to what we said in the beginning. It's like unlocking the wisdom in your body. It's like when you're feeding, when you're in a fed state. I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting, by the way, and I think it has many uses. But I just think people have like like anything. Let's just say the biohacking. People have just over.
1: Yeah taking it to the extreme
0: overemphasizing, more
1: is better more is better exactly
0: and and there's a projection in it is a projection in in a lot of the communities it's like i it's working for me and i feel so great and my omad is going now i want to tell everyone about it and now i want to just just say that that's the best thing ever it's like instead of sort of allowing allowing the i like to i think our lives are crazy enough as it is certainly from my perspective is that I go through these natural periods, i.e. travel all these days when when intermittent fasting just happens. It's like it just mm. happens. Like I just forget to eat because I'm so busy. But then I realize mm. I'm like, oh, I'm actually fine. Like my body's still here. I'm okay. Yeah. I did a long fast and it just happened organically. It's not like yeah. I thought about it or, or planned it. But yeah. That's yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think also like in the health space I like think a lot of people who have taken the red pill and who have, you know, started to educate themselves. There is a bit of a ignorance is bliss factor that happens because there's a lot of instances where I wish I didn't know what I knew. For example, like let's say I didn't have a great night's sleep. My mm. mind is like going <laughs> through all the like negative, my blood sugar is higher, like all of these negative things. And I'm, there's a point where I have to be like, just, let it be like Mm. there's no ways that anyone can constantly be perfect Mm. perfect like that's not even it's not even realistic and Mm. life is life as you say like we're living in this world where there are so many things that are just out of our control and I think you know doing the work just makes us stronger to be able to handle it as you say like you can be in a place where you may not necessarily have access to food, but because you your body is running off of such clean fuel, you're actually and you're metabolically flexible, you're able to handle it. Mm-hmm. So I think there is this constant like ebb and flow of like being too much, too little, too much. And all at the end of the day, it just goes back to being in line with what you are currently going through in your whatever season you're in. And that's where being in tune with your body and being able to be honest with your body is huge, is this total game changer and like always go back to that, always go be like, always try and just be in alignment with where you are, because there mm. are some times in my life where I know that I cannot I cannot um, fast right now. Mm. And there are times in my life where I'm actually, it's out of my control and I need to do the best that I can, mm. um, especially like, you know, just the schedule for anyone in, involved in the theater and the performing arts is oftentimes upside down. So, but again, it goes back to being in line, try and just doing the best that you can, mm. And I think having, you know, I did mention like ignorance is bliss, but I would rather have the knowledge than not have the knowledge because that mm-hmm. knowledge has, has made me so much more connected. And I think a lot of people are disconnected and there's too much noise. And I think being, again, going back to the minimum effect of those of things, like going for a 30 minute walk outside in nature is, does wonders for your body. It doesn't have to be a freaking 30 minute hit every day. Like. You know what I mean? And I was actually listening to uh, Sarah Kleiner. I can't remember the other guy's name, but they're both quantum coaches. And they were saying like, you know, we, there's light is a huge thing right now. Like mm. circadian, like optimizing your circadian health. And let me just reiterate the importance of how light is so significant. Cause in, I was in Helsinki now in June and it's their summertime I didn't want to see the, the sunset. Like it was 10 o'clock at night and the sun was still up. And I'd like, for me, I'd never been in Europe in summer. And I was like, what is going on? It's 10, like it's way past my bedtime. I need to be tired, but I'm not tired. Like just that signal was like, this is so weird right now. But um, so that just shows how powerful the light is at mm. signaling to your body. You know, it's time to be awake now. or It's time to be asleep now. And obviously people are aware now or a lot more people are aware of the importance of being outside in the sun, but just as much, the more time, even being in front of a red light, like, yes, you're doing all the work of being under light, but you have to balance that out with being in darkness. Mm-hmm. Like you have to balance all the work that you're doing in front of the light. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to reset and balance in the darkness. And I don't think, I think people are missing the balance piece. I think people are missing the recovery and the rest. And I, I, You know, I I try to spend as much time as I possibly can outside, hence the hat now, because in the later afternoon, I do put a hat on. Um, But I didn't realize how important, and I do try, you know, not be under, not have blue lights in front of me, you know, after the sun sets. But I think that point of like, really, even in the light space now, like, to be able to be aware that you have to balance it out. Like mm. you have to balance it out in the dark. And I think that was, it's, it was quite a pertinent lesson that I, you know, it's been popping up in my life a lot lately, and we've been speaking about it even since the bioindividuality talk of our last meeting, mm. it's mm. important.
0: Well, I kind of think that was the perfect ending because that, that really did wrap it like f- that completely wraps it up for me because yes, it it, it, Every I kind of wanted to I actually initially forgot, but you you touched on it. There's a there's a there's a healing process that everyone goes through, yeah. and we all are different seasons of our lives. So I'm just repeating what you're saying, but a hundred percent. So for instance, if I look at the healing that's taking place now, it's I can only go and enjoy that meal with a friend and it's not really what I want to eat, but it's with a friend. So it's community because I'm healed enough to say yes to that at this point in time, two years ago, I probably would have said no. And that's completely okay. Like two years ago when I was, when I was really at my worst, that was what I needed at the time. It Mm. wasn't a case of no, I needed more honey. I needed more organs or I needed more red lights or whatever. All I needed was to listen to myself. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was doing. And that's because it's a process. It really is a process. And I think one of the one of the gifts of not one of the gifts of going through the process of first going low carb where I didn't had no idea what carnivore was, then going keto, then eventually stumbling onto like carnivore diet. I think that process helped me appreciate a lot of things. Whereas I think people now, you know, we're seeing this we seen this again in the biohacking sphere we've seen, we've seen people go from one polarity to the next yeah. in in one heartbeat and not i'm not making anyone wrong but it can it can give this sort of godlike essence to it to the person mm. themselves they they've all of a sudden feel like they've found the light and now yeah. now they know the answer now i'm going to impart all my wisdom onto everyone who comes my way but I, but what i what i like about our story and the way you also explained it is is the process that you've gone on. And I think a lot of people forget about the process, the process of healing. It's not not one size fits all. It really is a process. So, yeah, I really think that was a great point you made.
1: Yeah. And sometimes you have to go to the complete extreme to be able to then find the new balance, you know, Mm. and that balance is always changing. And I think, yeah, as we mentioned, the most important factor is being true and in line with your authenticity inside.
0: Amen. That was, uh, that was really cool. So yeah, Kelsey, thank you so much for hopping on again. I really, really enjoyed this conversation a lot. It's always good. And, uh, I will, I will keep in touch, I guess. I hope you have a definitely. (laughs) Cool.